Hello and welcome to Into Film Recommends, a regular podcast for film club leaders to explore exciting new titles with their clubs. My name is Michael and today I'm joined by Maria. Hello. And this is our fifth episode of 2018. In today's primary themed podcast, we'll be discussing Paddington 2. Paddington 2 is a PG certificate uh, for mild threat and we have it at 7 plus on our catalogue accordingly. It sees Panton Bear get a series of jobs in the local community to buy his Aunt Lucy a birthday present only for the gift to be stolen. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about the plot, Maria? Yes, so after moving from Peru to London in the first film, Paddington now wants to get something very special for Aunt Lucy's 100th birthday. He starts saving up for an antique pop-up book that includes the most famous parts of London so Aunt Lucy can experience the city from her care home all the way in Peru. However, he is totally unaware that the book holds the key to treasure and there is someone already on the hunt for it. So when the book is stolen, Paddington finds himself at the wrong place at the wrong time and is framed for the crime. While in prison, the Brown family must try to solve the mystery of who really stole the book and prove that Paddington is innocent. So here's a clip from the start of the film which sees Paddington find that very special pop-up book. Oh, what's this? <sighs> ah, that must be the popping book. Very interesting. Really? You see, Madame Kosliver's great-grandmother, who started the fair, was also a brilliant artist. And every time they visited a new city, she made a popping book to remember it by. Oh. And this is London. Oh, Mr. Gruber, it's wonderful. Aunt Lucy always dreamed of coming to London and never had the chance. But if she saw this, it would be like she were finally here. Paddington! Okay, Maria, so this film follows on a couple of years after the first Paddington film, which was an instant classic here at Interfilm. Uh, Where do we now find Paddington and his friends, and how do the two films compare? So, at the end of the last film, we see Paddington becoming a member of the Brown family, while in Paddington 2, we see him also become a big part of the Windsor Gardens community. At the start of this film, we see that he's still getting used to some things. He's still using toothbrushes to brush his ears, but he is much more settled into London life and his neighbourhood. The family are also going through some changes themselves. Mary and Henry are going through a slight midlife crisis, while their daughter Judy and son Jonathan are quickly growing up and beginning to think about their identities and interests. Yes, so the dad, Henry, played by Hugh Bonneville, has been overlooked for promotion... Um, Judy, the daughter, has broken up with her boyfriend and is now the editor of the school newspaper and she's sort of got a, a blanket ban on boys all of a sudden as a result. And Jonathan is, is trialling out his new uh, identity as, as J-Dog, as he calls himself, despite harbouring a, a secret love of uh, steam trains. Yeah, so we see this at the beginning of the film through montage and we also see that Mary is getting into swimming all of a sudden. This sequel is just as charming as the first film, with all of the slapstick humour and even more beautiful shots of the famous areas of London. We get to see the canals and Notting Hill Market. 
However, in this film, we do see Paddington expand his understanding of the human world and city life through um, the different characters that he meets throughout the film. Okay, great. So Paddington then encounters a lot of new people along the way, not least the master of disguise, Phoenix Buchanan. Um, What are these new faces like and how do they interact with Paddington Bear? Yes, Phoenix, who is brilliantly played by Hugh Grant with a slight nod to his Notting Hill days, is the baddie of the film. He is an ageing and vain actor whose career is far behind him and he now makes dog food commercials. He is the complete opposite of Paddington, dishonest, selfish and rude. They meet at the local fairground where Paddington tells him about the pop-up book he plans to buy. Unaware of Phoenix's cunning plan to find the book and locate the clues hidden inside it, Disguising himself, he manages to steal the book and get away, while Paul Paddington, who witnessed the crime, is sent to prison. Yeah, we should say that Phoenix is actually uh, only dishonest by himself, so as an audience we're witness to that behaviour. But when he meets other people in in his daily life, he's very, very charming and he uses that um, acting experience and those disguises to, to fool people, really. Yeah, so it makes him um, kind of a perfect villain because we as an audience can see exactly what's happening and the Brown family are completely oblivious to it. There's other characters in the film who aren't really what we think they are. So in prison, um, Paddington makes a lot of unlikely friends. There's a lot of criminals that we think initially are very scary. One of them is Knuckles, the kitchen chef. Him and Paddington have a rocky start, but eventually he's won over by his charm and his marmalade recipe. He learns a lot from Paddington on how to be more trusting of others and about having a more positive attitude to life. However, he's a complicated character. We never really know where we stand with him. So later on in the film, when they escape from prison, he tricks Paddington into thinking that him and the inmates will help clear his name. Yeah, I think Knuckles uh, McGinty, played by Brendan Gleeson, is a testament to Paddington's warmth and charm, really. So even the seemingly more sort of hard-minded individual can be won over by this really lovable bear. Yeah, and as we see at the end of the film, he's completely won over by him that he actually abandons his plans of escaping prison to make money, but he actually comes back to help him. We've got an interview now with the film's director, Paul King, in which he talks about his influences, uh, slapstick comedy and Charlie Chaplin in particular. There are some lovely scenes that feel choreographed like an old Charlie Chaplin movie. (laughs) (laughs) What inspirations did you consider might enhance the action? Well, Charlie Chaplin is a huge inspiration. He's probably the biggest inspiration on the film. I love the slapstick sequences and I love the amount of heart in his films. You can't watch his films without sort of shedding a tear as well and you really get involved in the characters and that's exactly what we were hoping to do with Paddington, make a modern character who can be funny and silly (laughs) but whose plight really touches your heart and that's exactly what we did. Yeah. So moving on, um, Maria, what are some of the key themes that this film covers? Uh, What might be some useful areas for club leaders to explore and discuss in their clubs? I think the biggest themes in the film are around community and teamwork. We see these in the first film, but in the second film, we really see um, Paddington's ability to connect with people from all walks of life. So whether it's the Brown family, the neighbourhood, or with the inmates in prison... He achieves this by always being kind and non-judgmental of other people and also always being willing to help them out regardless of whether they are rude or mean. 
The film also explores the importance of staying true to yourself. An example of this is the character of Jonathan Brown, who eventually, at the end of the film, stops trying to impress his friends and instead just embraces his love of steam trains. Even though Jonathan's um, storyline is quite a small part of the film, it's still quite a nice thing to include. And it, it, again, it's that the idea of Paddington's personality and his sort of infectious charm really shining through his enthusiasm for life has a, has a clear effect on Jonathan and the rest. Yeah, so we see that through other characters as well. So, for example, Henry, um, he stops trying to change himself or reinvent himself and decides to accept himself at that moment in his life. And of course, we see that as well through Knuckles, who puts his guard down a bit and tries to make friends with the other prison inmates. So finally, what other films would you recommend people watch if they enjoyed Paddington 2? So the first film I would recommend is Shaun the Sheep movie, which also follows animals going into the big city for the first time. In the film, we see them trying to rescue their farmer. The film includes a lot of lovely visual comedy that is similar to the use of slapstick in Paddington. Slapstick is a genre of comedy in which most of the humour is delivered physically. So for example, there's the classic pie in the face move that we see in a lot of early films. The second film I would recommend is by um, one of the biggest figures of slapstick comedy, Charlie Chaplin, and it's a short film called The Immigrant. It has a similar narrative to Paddington as it follows an immigrant going to the United States for the first time, and while he's there, he's accused of pickpocketing on the train. To say, if you are trying to order uh, Charlie Chaplin's The Immigrant, the title you're looking for is part of a collection, so it's called Charlie Chaplin, The Mutual Films, Volume 1. Yes, thank you. And the third film that I would recommend is Chicken Run. This is a very funny animated film, which nods to some of the classic escape films, such as The Great Escape. It follows a group of chickens in Yorkshire who are stuck in a farm and are devising a plan to escape when a chicken pie machine is installed. Yeah, I think there are great suggestions. And um, I was trying to think of a film that is as successful as Paladin in that has both human characters and then a animated character or, or something similar at the centre so maybe something like the Muppets is the 2011 Muppets is a great example of that that has Amy Adams and, and obviously the puppets rather than a CGI bear but uh, I think that's quite a, a nice comparison as well. Yes I think that fits really um, nicely. So we have a film guide uh, for Paddington 2 we also have a blog uh, called The Value of Kindness and Politeness to All with Paddington 2. And it won uh, our Family Film of the Year Award at the Interfilm Awards, so we, we can't recommend it enough and uh, you really will love watching it, we think. That's everything for today. Thanks for listening. Do check out our previous podcasts on SoundCloud and iTunes, all of which are accompanied by show notes, which link to resources including film guides, film lists, blogs and video content. To hear your feedback on our podcast, any comments you have on previous episodes, and suggestions of films and topics we could cover in future. You can get in touch on Facebook, on Twitter at interfilm underscore edu, or by emailing info at interfilm.org. And if you're interested in secondary content, we have a new podcast episode available featuring The Death of Stalin and Human Flow. We'll be back with a new episode in June, so tune in then.